0: Hey, Claire. Hey, Blythe.
1: Want to talk about sexy books? Yeah, I do.
0: Awesome. (laughs) When you need
1: a sexy escape from a world that's gone insane, erotic fiction with romantic addiction, we've got some wrecks if you care to live. Because I haven't been reading any new romance novels lately, because I've been reviewing all of our old romance novels. But have you been reading any new
0: ra- romance novels lately? Yeah, I have. Oh, nice, <laughs> great. Any anything I, worth mentioning? Yeah, I've been reading a lot because um, I did reread a bunch of the romance novels for this podcast, but. I also am always kind of listening to one on Audible and then reading one on my Kindle because I need the good mood vibes, like, constantly, I guess. (laughs) And, I mean, the ones on Audible I feel like I can't judge quite as well because you can't reread the sexy parts. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they come at weird times. Like, I'm always listening to these books, like, while I'm getting ready in the morning, or like walking my dog, but anyway, so I've been listening to this one book, which is also by Serena Bowen, my like OG <sighs> favorite romance author, I guess. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> and it's called Brooklyn Air. Oh yeah, it's pretty fun. I really liked it a lot. It's basically it's basically like. A fairy tale for people like me who don't have health insurance, who don't have good health insurance. (laughs) I do have health insurance, but it's awful. Right. And she basically, like, she just falls on the ice one day. Cause I forget what she, I don't even remember what she does. She works for the team. Some, no. Um, this billionaire, he yeah. owns the team. He yeah. owns this hockey team, of course. Of, of course. fucking course, it's a hockey team.
1: If it was a football team, it would not be Serena.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah. So he owns this hockey team, and she's like his assistant. And they've always been good friends. Like it's she's been his assistant since they like began this startup or whatever. Yeah. So they own this team also. I'm like not explaining it well. He's just a fucking billionaire and he owns a hockey team. Yeah. And she's his assistant and she falls on the ice one day when she's like visiting the hockey team, I guess. I don't because assistants always have to be on the ice. Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> why. <laughs> And she gets a concussion, Mm -hmm, but then her concussion goes away, and she still has this, like, weird nerve problem, and she can't, like, come back to work, and the... The Brooklyn Air. He like he's like shit. I miss her. Like I wish she would come back to work. And so he starts like paying for all her medical treatments so she can like come back to work faster and stuff because <laughs> she doesn't have like a lot of money.
1: <laughs> Which he should already do as her boss. But okay, right. I know. As <laughs> wants to fuck
0: her, he will treat
1: her well. <laughs> yes.
0: So I mean, that's the gist of it. That's all I'll say. It was yeah. a fun time. Of course. Like, I really loved it. I really loved it. He was a very cute, kind of nerdy guy, but still obviously super awesome. Yeah. Um, It was the cover that intrigued me. Yeah. It's like just a hot guy with giant glasses on. Oh, I love that. Me too. So yeah, I definitely recommend it. I will (laughs)
1: almost assuredly read it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If I had it in written form, I think that I would probably go back and reread the sex parts. Yeah. Though as it is, I don't really remember them very well at all because mm-hmm. I know that they happened like while I was in the car. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. oh, that
1: is the tough part about reading them or listening to to romance on audio. I know. But I guess I feel like that kind of leads into our well, not totally, but. A little leads into our foreplay question. Oh. <laughs> we changed the title of the section of the podcast. Our foreplay question today is Are you ever ashamed
0: to be reading a romance novel? Hmm. I would say at this point, definitely no. I would say that I really Romance novels has done me like so much good that I think I only have wonderful things to say about them to people yeah um I guess it's a little embarrassing occasionally when like my dad asks me what I'm reading and he's like the smartest person I know and I'm just reading romance novels (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's what I need right now and honestly I don't feel bad about it at all
1: I'm glad that you don't, because I feel like that's part of the mission of this podcast is to, like, have a mission or to be really promoting the awesomeness of romance novels and taking away the stigma. But I will say, so I also read mostly on my Kindle, so to some extent nobody knows what I'm reading. I know.
0: Honestly, I'm just, like, very loud and open about it in general. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, that's the point of this podcast. But I do have a bit of an anecdote, which is that I, when I got my first two romance novels, I got them from, as I've already called out, The Ripped Bodice in Culver City, downtown Culver oh, City. love The
0: Ripped Bodice. love The Ripped
1: Bodice. And I bought um, two hardcovers so you could actually see the hardcover. And, um... Mm-hmm. I used to ride my bike and or take the bus to work and so one time I was reading, I was actually reading *Him* by Serena Bowen and the cover of that is just like a male, a naked male torso <laughs> and there was this person that was like, you know, borderline harassing me at the bus stop and at some point he came up and like full-on like looked under my book to see what I was reading because I kind of hold them a little low and then he was like him hmm. and then he like stopped harassing me and I was like yeah I don't know what specifically intimidated him about the fact that I was very clearly reading romance novel but That's he, so funny I think that he thought that I was maybe like more innocent and easy to easier to push around but i don't You're like
0: fuck no it's like
1: you're not this
0: guy (laughs) get out of here fucking close do you see what our standards are (laughs) exactly exactly which is actually not true at all but no you're right i actually am not like especially attracted to
1: muscly people um me neither Yeah, but that guy didn't know this and so anyway, I wouldn't say that I like necessarily registered shame, but I definitely felt different than had I been reading a non-romance yeah. novel. <laughs> like, if I was just reading, like, Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell, which I just read and it was awesome, and also I listened to it, because it's a really great audiobook, but it's not a romance novel at all. Um... Nice. <laughs> <laughs> quick plug. Still worthwhile. <laughs> Still worthwhile. But, um, yeah, I definitely didn't feel the same, but I guess... I think at, like, this stage in my life, maybe, that I just feel, like, a little proud. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm reading Me about Me too. Fucking, what are you reading about?
0: <laughs> I mean, I honestly feel that, like, living as a woman right now, you just either have to be, like, fucking out and proud with all your shit or not. Like, I don't know. That's just how I feel. Yeah. That, like everyone just benefits from talking about things more and that's just what I want to lean into about like not being embarrassed or ashamed about anything that I shouldn't be ashamed of.
1: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Be ashamed about bad choices you've made but not about harmless pleasures that you're taking. That's not a thing to be ashamed about. Yeah, awesome. (sighs) Yep. So what book are we reading today?
0: We're reading one of my favorite books, yes. The Understatement of the Year by Serena Bowen.
1: Also part of the Ivy Years series, but I think the only
0: gay yes. one in the I Ivy Years? I think it's the only, yeah, it is. Yeah. The only gay story, um... Gay men, I,
1: to be clear. Yes. Gay hockey men. Hockey As men. men. always. <laughs> <laughs> our beloved hockey men. <laughs> Do you want to, um, tell us what the book is about
0: or read the... Sure, should I read the description? Yeah. Understatement of the Year, what happened in high school stayed in high school until now. It's hard for me to read these sometimes without laughing, I just love them. I know. <laughs> um, Five years ago, Michael Graham betrayed the only person who ever really knew him. Since then, he's made an art of hiding his sexuality from everyone, including himself. So it's a shock when his past strolls right into the Harkness locker room, sporting a bag of hockey gear and the slow smile that had always rendered Graham defenseless. For Graham, there is only one possible reaction, total debilitating panic with one loose word, the team's new left wing could destroy Graham's life as he knows it. That's stressful. So stressful. John Ricker is stuck being the new guy again. And it's worse than usual because the media has latched onto the story of the only out hockey player in Division I hockey. As the satellite trucks line the sidewalk outside the rink, his new teammates are not amused. And one player in particular looks sick every time he enters the room. Either the two loneliest guys on the team will self-destruct from all the new pressures in their lives or they can navigate the pain to find a way back to one another. To say that it won't be easy is the understatement of the year. I actually wondered where the title came from and I didn't realize till just now that it was from there.
1: (laughs) No, the title comes in to play a couple of times. One time um, it's because... uh, Riker and also you pronounce it Ricker and I've been pronouncing it Riker in my head so we're just gonna have to live with that disparity because I'm a hundred percent sure I'm only gonna say Riker. Yeah and I'm probably <laughs> only gonna say Riker so it is what it is. <laughs> um, well one time they mention it is because like right when Riker starts the team he's like they're Uh, he's like, that I'm gonna have something to prove to the team as the understatement of the year. (laughs) But then later, Graham uses it because they're talking about how Riker's Gran is a piece of work, and she says, specifically, she's like, leaving the house, and she's like, take care in all the usual ways, boys, say no to drugs and drinking and driving, say yes to seatbelts and condoms, and he's like... To say that Graham is a piece of work is the understatement of the year, so they use it a wow. few
0: times. <laughs> Plays on multiple levels.
1: <laughs> there's just a lot of understatements this year, is what I've learned.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I see
1: that now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so why did we choose this book? We skipped a book in between, because there's um, The Year We
0: Fell. And then The Year We Hit Away, which I did like. Definitely a very cute book. Yeah, that was, that was the one about one, Bridger? Yeah, it's yeah. the one about Bridger who's one of the hockey players yeah. and he needs to like take care of his little sister cuz yeah. his mom does drugs or something. Yeah. That was a good one, but yeah, I was just way more into this one. I agree. I agree. <laughs> um
1: yeah, there's definitely a reason we skipped that one. I'll probably never fully remember it again. But it definitely is not, like, one everyone should skip. It's worth reading.
0: It's just... I fully enjoyed it. Yeah. I just didn't have a shit ton to say about yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But.
1: Yeah, so then why did we choose this one?
0: Well, my romance reading journey has already shown me that, like, I fucking love gay men. Yeah. I just do. Yeah. I love a good coming out story. Oh, I don't like, like, there's a bit of a traumatic aspect to this one, but it's something that happened a really long time ago, and they don't go into it too much, but I, like, I think that's nice.
1: Yeah, I think that with these closeted gay romances, that... Well, I find that there's like there's usually like one good sex scene in all of these books. There's like one really good sex scene and then as we've discussed before, like after people are established, it's really hard for there to be another really good sex scene because then it gets like a little lovey and like not there's just like the lack of stakes kind of make it a little less like intense. You don't have the same buildup, But these closeted gay romances, you do because even when, like, we know both people really like each other, they're still hiding from other people, so there's still, like, all of this drama. Yeah. And so I think that that's a big reason why I really like them, even though I'm also, like, equally sad because they're going through, like, a lot of trauma. Especially in
0: this one where it's really sad for Graham. He's, like, really in the closet.
1: Yeah. And you like so get it too because Riker has gone through a lot in this.
0: Yeah like every example he's had well the only example he's had of someone coming out is really bad. Yeah (laughs) where like his parents uh, kicked Kicked him out of the house
1: house. at 15.
0: He well he got beaten up. He got like the shit kicked out. of I guess we should should we just like Talk about? Yeah, I mean, the first thing we find out is that they used to be friends in high school and they were like secretly hooking up. Yeah. And somebody saw them kiss and then they like beat the crap out of Ricker. Right. And Graham got away. Right. And he's like never forgiven himself. Right. For leaving.
1: And he never talked to, they both grew up
0: in like a small town and went to church and stuff. And they never spoke after this happened. Ever again. So like, that's unbelievably traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. and To then, never like go to therapy about that afterwards or even tell anyone that it happened to you in your life yeah. is crazy.
1: Exactly, And so he's already like struggling with this. Like he already feels like if he is his true self, that he's going to be this burden to his parents and they're not going to accept him because that's what he's seen happen to Riker. And then Riker just shows up on his hockey team because his previous hockey team kicked him out because he was gay. And then he has to kind of contend with the fact that he's an out hockey player in this, um, new team, so
0: he has to deal with what his team thinks about that. He has to, and then his team takes a lot of shit too for it. Yeah, because like everybody's coming at them on that one, like about that one thing. Right, and Graham is just like
1: so self-hating. He's become extreme alcoholic because yeah and he can
0: only hook up with girls when he's like super drunk right and bella is
1: introduced in this she's like uh the team manager so she's like extremely competent lady who loves uh, hockey loves (laughs) hockey is not like dressing to impress necessarily but is also like basically fucking all of the hockey players in a really awesome and fun way, including Graham, who she likes the most. Yeah. But hasn't uh, necessarily said this before. Yeah. And she's definitely worried about all of his drinking and, of course, doesn't make the connection.
0: It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's really kind of sad. It's, like, such a bummer. But we're going to talk about Bella's book later, and her book is dope, so. yeah, And she
1: just comes off, she's just, yeah, extraordinarily competent and, like, Just takes care of all of these grown men who need her, but especially
0: Graham. And And she's just, like, so, uh, she's just super dope. She's so chill and, like, nice and confident, like, about her sexuality. Yeah. I just love her. <laughs> and when she
1: tries to have sex with Riker, when he joins the team, and she's like all excited about it, oh, but then yeah? like, he's like, I'm gay, I, I don't want to do that. And then she's like, oh, you! <laughs> <laughs> she's like, don't take any of my action! And then he totally does take her action, but they're in love, so it's okay,
0: I guess. I know. Even though it's still, it kind of always sucks for Bella that that happens. It does suck. This book sucks for Bella, but the next book yeah. is... Awesome. Well, Well, some of it is. (laughs) Let's not give too much away. Anyway.
1: (laughs) But but yes. Um, But should we read the part where they talk about getting together?
0: Yes, let's read the part. It's like a flashback of when they were in high school and they hooked up. And it's pretty fucking fun for me. Me too. Okay.
1: Nobody found it unusual that Graham and I were so close, including me. During middle school, I never let myself think about him that way. But even then, I was always incredibly aware of him. When he walked into a room, I knew it without looking. By the time we turned 15, his voice was already deep and smoky, and the sound of it resonated inside me like no one else's. Girls never affected me like that. Some of them were nice and fun to talk to, but they just weren't Graham. I noticed he never seemed to pay much attention to them either. We went to middle school dances with a group of our friends where we all danced to the fast songs, but Graham never pulled me aside to ask, do you think she likes me? Not once. Meanwhile, we played video games in Graham's basement like it was our job. And there was a different way that we looked at each other when we were alone. Graham has always blushed easily. In time, I realized how easy it was to make him do that. All I had to do was hold his eyes a little longer than necessary and pink spots would appear on his cheekbones. I liked that, so I did it all the time. The long looks and sitting a little closer than necessary while we watched movies, that went on for two years. And then one Friday night during our first month of high school, we were tussing over the remote control. In order to win the fight, Graham put his knee across my thigh to hold me down. And then he stretched his long body towards my arm where I was dangling the remote as far from him as I could. It was then that I realized that Graham was on top of me, (laughs) finally. And without looking, I put my free hand on his chest. I'll never forget the wild jerk that his body made under my hand. And then he was staring down at me, cheeks flushed, breath coming fast. I lifted my chin an inch and that was all it took. Graham dropped his mouth onto mine. Our first kiss was hot and sloppy and it lit my body up like a flare. Yes, this, yes, yes, yes. It was all shock and awe for maybe two minutes. And then Graham's mom called down from the top of the basement stairs. Hey guys, do you want popcorn? Graham jerked back onto his own end of the sofa. Uh, sure, he called. Then he got up, switched the TV over to video games, and we played Call of Duty until the popcorn was ready. We didn't speak about it after that. Not one word. But the following week, I thought of almost nothing else and wore a perpetual boner every time I saw him. And the next time I went to Graham's, my hands sweat through two rounds of whatever video game we were playing. Then Graham's mom yelled down that she was going to the grocery store Grocery store, and could Graham think of anything they needed? Nope, he called up to her. We heard the sound of shoes clicking a couple of times across the kitchen floor, then the door to the garage, and finally the sound of her car's engine back backing out of the driveway. There was a beat of silence in the basement. So we both said at the exact same time, "Jinx!" I said. Graham gave a nervous laugh. The jinx must. The Jinx machine is out of order. Please put in another quarter. He wore a lopsided smile and his cheeks were flushed red. Dork. Two seconds after that, Graham had tackled me, pushing me down onto the couch. He moaned on our first kiss, and I felt that sound everywhere. <sighs> I'm yeah. horny right now. I know. <laughs> uh, I do love the kind of like early teenage like my boner is about
0: to get touched. Dude there's just there is something about being a teenager when like everything was new and exciting and like i do like i think it just makes me think back to those times when everything was really new and exciting yeah i think that's the main thing
1: yeah and when you don't when you're so restricted in so many ways yeah so yeah there's definitely an appeal i think that there's there's probably even like a deeper Like, I can go back to think about crushes that I had when I was a kid, and they'll still turn me on, but it wouldn't if, like, I literally saw that visual again or literally did that. It's just, like, I already have associated it with being turned on.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Actually, that, like, leads me to my main thing, I think, which is just that I love sad boys. Mm. I love boys that are sad. I feel for them, and I want to blow them. I definitely love comforting
1: boys um like i actually heard this on a different podcast where monica on Dak shepherd or the armchair experts i love monica yeah i love monica but she talks about how she had this um Fantasy, like a recurring fantasy where a boy would be like really sick or would be yes, crying. Yes, I
0: remember that part. <laughs> and I was like,
1: I had that. She felt like it was a like unique fantasy or like problematic, but I was like, I had that fantasy all the time. Dude, I very so distinct did I. Fantasies about like a boy crying like in the hall by his locker, and I like go out to go to the bathroom or something, and then I find him, and then like can comfort him. A hundred percent. My like
0: all of my teen fantasies were always about like either a boy comforting me yeah or me comforting a hot boy (laughs) yeah
1: and there's like so much vulnerability that's what she identified Monica's like what I'm attracted to is vulnerability and then it gets like mixed up in my child brain but I would argue that it's
0: clearly not mixed up because we've had the same experience correct I mean well yeah I mean people love well, some people love to take care of people.
1: Well, another reason that I love this book so much is just that, like, even though Graham is miserable and deeply, deeply, deeply closeted, the amount, like, his desperation to fuck Riker is so Hot, I know. (laughs) He is so upset by it, and it's like really upsetting for Riker, who just doesn't deserve all of Graham's shit. But also, Riker is so forgiving because he's like, "Well, I'm obviously not a advertisement for being out," but. Like, Graham, so there's a scene in this. I mean, all of this talk is a spoiler, obviously, but I have
0: to I stop. think all of our podcasts are going to be spoilers, right. though. Like, you should probably read the book beforehand if yeah. you care. Right.
1: But <laughs> there is, like, a really good scene. It's after they've already hooked up, like, in this post-world, but Graham is, like, such a dick about it and won't, like, acknowledge Riker after they hook up. But so this is like the second time that they're going to hook up and they've just been playing like all of these video games, which I bet it seen, was real sticks. I'm sure it was real sticks. <laughs> Serena Bowen invented this game and it has, it's just a, a foreplay method for a lot of her characters, yeah. including Grand I like Riker. wish it
0: existed. I would buy it and just like assume <laughs> I would get horny from it. Um, <laughs> I don't think that I would,
1: <laughs> but I would play it with you if you had it. I bet we would suck really hard at playing that game.
0: I suck at every video game, so yeah. Yeah,
1: unless, like, the object was to make the men like fall in ways that were really sexy i wish that all the
0: players would just be like really hot and shirtless and that you could go in the locker room with them and that could be a different i was just watching sex in the city yesterday also and i watched that one scene where samantha like she's dating james with a tiny penis yeah and she like looks in the yankees locker room and everybody has like a huge dick yeah 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 it was sad for her yeah But he had a really small penis. Like a micro penis. It was like a micro penis, to be clear. Right. Because we're not, like, size queens. We're not size queens at all, I don't think.
1: No. (laughs) No. Um, But, yeah. So, but in the scene, they're, like, with everybody doing this, like, you know, video game foreplay, but obviously everybody doesn't know that it's foreplay. But then everybody else leaves because they're, like, too into it with just themselves. And, (laughs) And they're, like, drinking, too. And then, like, after everyone leaves... Um, Riker's like, oh, it's gonna happen again where he's gonna want to, like, do some sexy stuff and then never want to talk to me. And Poor then...
0: Riker. I feel so bad for him. He is the loneliest person ever, and Bella is his only friend, I think. Yeah,
1: and she's a better friend to Graham anyway, so she's, like, not even great. Yeah. <laughs> Hartley is also,
0: like, an Oh, I did want to say, like, that we should mention Hartley, because he was in the last book we talked about, right. and he was, like, pretty great in this book I mean definitely great great.
1: because Riker has like a Riker scale of like people who like him and Hartley (laughs) is like almost as high as you can be on the Riker scale except that he was like saving extra space for someone who like is the best
0: someone who just likes him for him all the way And doesn't care. Well, probably someone who loves that he's gay. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, like and doesn't just not mind. Right.
1: Like his own um, sweet ex-boyfriend, whose name I can't. Oh, Skippy. Skippy. Yes. Oh, I love Skippy. Skippy. And then he he has his own boyfriend, Ross. Ross yes. is his boyfriend. Oh, they're really good, Ross too. and
0: Skippy are adorable. Yes. Skippy is a great example of how you can be gay and not sad. Yeah. I'm glad this book has, like, one example of a very happy gay person. Right.
1: And that, like, Riker was happy when he was with Skippy, too. Like, mm-hmm. and that Graham was just so sad. He was like, man, Riker has had, like, fuck buddies and, like, a boyfriend. Even though he's not I have only fucked girls. Yeah. <laughs> And it's so sad, but back to the scene that I just need to emphasize because I just love it. Because they've already like done like a blowjob, I think, where like Graham was like, "I need a bl- can I give you a blowjob?" And then he's like so ashamed right after and like goes away. So after this like hockey foreplay or whatever, this video game foreplay, um Riker's like, "Well, can I give you a blowjob?" And Graham's like. No, I think you've got to fuck me. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like so eager for it. And it's just like, it's the like desperation that he has as like this
0: closeted gay guy is so hot. I know. Like, I get
1: fucked. It was really hot. <sighs>
0: We're going to talk about that other book, um, this other book called Come As You Are later on, I think. Yeah. That's not a romance novel, but is a great book about right. women's sexuality. And from reading that book, I learned definitely that like newness is the thing that like really does it for me, just like constantly having new shit going mm-hmm. on, like trying new things. And I think that that's, like, part of the reason that this particular kind of story appeals to me. Because, like, he... Is like an adult in college but everything is still really like forbidden and new and like exciting and like yeah. a little taboo and like that's what I like about it yeah it's not that I like that like he's sad and traumatized right. you know right
1: <laughs> in fact that's a little bit of a deterrent for me where I'm like yeah well, man, how I you don't thinking?
0: like my characters to be sad no, but no. I do like a little bit of angst for sure yeah and a little uncertainty Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all about, like, all of those different factors that just make it more intense.
1: Yeah. And I think that what all of the authors that we're highlighting do well is just make it feel real, which Mm -hmm. is
0: she does a really good job in this book of, like, making you completely understand why he would never want to come out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, because totally even his own... Yeah. Sorry, even his own teammates, though, like, even the cool ones, they still make gay jokes and shit like, offhandedly. Right. It's just, like, very ingrained into the culture. Right. And it's, like, very difficult to stop, I think. Right. And even if the teammates themselves weren't, like, that
1: terrible which they aren't for the most part there's like one who is especially annoying but he already
0: was even before nobody liked him out. anyway it's like big d big right d, or so. yeah. <laughs> right um, who sounds like a dick anyway right it's like basically his name Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but then they like do they have a hockey match against The team that Riker was kicked off of, and they like torment all of the team members. And so, all of the team members, like, maybe they didn't really care or like spend a lot of time thinking about it, but they definitely cared in that moment. Like, they were when everybody distracted,
0: yeah. When everybody on the other team is calling you like gay slurs and stuff. It, yeah. it really affects them. <laughs> yeah. And it really sucks because then it just all falls on Ricker. Like, you're the gay guy who brought this on. Yeah. The coach is really nice about it. The though. coach is great.
1: I love him. Yeah, he was really good at like, you know, if y'all think it's hard right now, then you're not really hockey players. And like, you can't be yeah. professional if you think this is the worst because this is
0: nothing. And um, if you, yeah, if you flip out about being called like, a little gay boy or something yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> you just need to get over it yeah and fucking play well yeah
1: so at least there are like there are really good examples of
0: allies in this book definitely for sure good examples of allies bella is dope yeah um and it like should we talk about the ending yeah I mean, of course, at the end, they get together, and Graham comes out, and it's so great, and like, his mom is fucking amazing about it. Yeah. I love his mom's reaction. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about that. He gets, like, a concussion at a game. And this is one of, like, the most, like, it was, like, one of the most traumatic parts for me, sort of. Like, I thought it was the saddest part, was that, like, he has this concussion, and he like, mentally, yeah. he thinks that he's, like, in the hospital for the incident that occurred in high school mm-hmm. when Ricker got beaten up. He, like, thinks that they both got beaten up, and now they're in the hospital, and he's all confused, and he's, like, constantly calling out for yeah. Ricker, and and nobody knows why. <laughs> right. I mean, well,
1: yeah, even Ricker doesn't know why, but he's like, this is giving everything away kind of because the whole team is the whole team is like why the
0: fuck are you just calling for the new guy and he's (laughs) just like screaming like Riker you know like oh and his memory just keeps resetting
1: like every five minutes or something for like the whole night but he's okay the next day yeah but like then Riker's like should I stay like he just didn't know how to like be loyal to Graham because he was trying to be like very closeted about this for Graham like he wasn't pushing coming out at all Uh, but then it is, well, I don't know if it's, like, totally given away in that moment, but... But it's odd, for sure. For People sure. are like, why? And Riker's like, I mean, I guess I'll just stay here then. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> uh, I guess he just didn't know if I, like, completed the pass or something.
0: Yeah. And then when
1: he gets into the hospital and, like, actually understands when Graham's, like... What's going on? Exactly. And it's then... It's so sad. Yeah. And he ends up bringing, like, the hockey helmet that's busted to like let him sleep with it so that he knows so he like, can remember accident yeah um but then his mom has to like come he can't like read or take notes in take, school right he can't really do anything that focuses his eyeballs so his it mom sounds
0: comes. like a fucking nightmare Ugh. honestly his mom literally. has to literally like live in town for like a month so she can help him take She goes to all his classes and take notes for him.
1: And, like, reads all of his books for him afterwards. Like, she basically just does school with him, which seems like a nightmare. Seems awful. I would hire someone to do that if that
0: happened to my kid, I
1: feel. I'd be like, I'm not going to be fucking doing school with you for a month.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, it's honestly really lucky she can, I guess she doesn't work. Like, I I don't know. I guess she can just show up. But it's nice. I mean, she's very happy that she can do it for him. Yeah. And then they do, he does come out to her eventually and it's like this amazing moment yeah where she just like fully accepts it
1: yeah and then he's like i don't care if you tell dad or not like i just whatever is the less weird and then his dad fully accepts it so they prove that they're not Riker's parents. Yeah
0: and it's so nice. I mean I just fucking love that about romance novels that like I read many gay romances at this point and there's usually like one family that doesn't accept Mm -hmm. the situation and one family that does accept them for who they are and it's just I mean it's sad that the first family doesn't but it's so dope that the person then gets this like amazing second family and it's, it's just like so sweet. Yeah yeah I love this. I love it. And also if you read this book, there's a follow-up novella about this couple in the extra credit book. Oh yeah. you know Serena Bowen's extra there's this she I love she the extra does three novellas book. in this book called Extra Credit and one of them is a follow-up about these two guys. And like, I don't remember it very well, but it was sweet. Yeah, It was I, just like, I, I think he gets more really closure well. with his, Ricker gets more closure with his family and like, mm. they have sex one time, so that's fun.
1: <laughs> and Riker does have like a really great mom or grandma that he... His grandmother's with. amazing. And then she gets like sick or like falls down in church or something. And then that's really when Graham comes out to the team, sort of, because he's like, well, I'm not going to just be a jerk and not... help Riker in this moment with his grandma. So that's kind of when he unofficially comes out to the team. Though, well, I think that it's fine that they ended it this way, but Graham decides to not go back to the team at the end. Mm -hmm. Like, he decides to just be a sports... well, not just, but like he decides to be a sports writer because he doesn't want to... He doesn't want to, like, be the gay couple on the team and go yeah, through what's That's Ryder's very
0: understandable. Totally. And if you don't see, like, yourself becoming a professional player, I definitely understand wanting your last year of college to just not be about that. Yeah, yeah. So, I thought it was a happy ending, really. Like, yeah. and Ricker is obviously going to go on to, like, be a professional player or whatever. Right. He is the
1: better hockey player. Yeah. Of the two. Yeah. Yeah. And also he like just deserves for something to go right even though he, he Like so he's he definitely the more well adjusted of the two. Well, obviously, but he was like so much more adjusted, but he's also just gotten like a shit sandwich at every turn.
0: Yeah. For <laughs> real. It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs>
1: yeah. So is there anything that we would have wanted to like change about this book?
0: Man, I really struggle to think of anything that I would change except, as always, just give more, me more sex. Cause more phoning. I would never turn it down. Right. But this book really has a lot, I would say. Yeah,
1: more than the other ones. Which makes sense because, I mean, I do think that it's kind of a different thing for men a little bit. Like, just kind of every time Graham sees Riker, he wants to fuck Riker in a way that...
0: It's a whole thing because it's like... Not only, well, it's like a fucking lifetime of it yeah. being pent up and not being allowed to do it. So, yeah. and then so like finally being
1: with the one person who already knows. Yeah, which is like really powerful. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> so, is there anything else we want to talk about before?
0: I guess that's it. I guess we should mention the book that we're going to talk about next time. Oh, yeah. Which is The Shameless Hour, which is the next book in this series by Serena Bowen. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's really dope. Yeah. We loved it. And it's about Bella, this really great Who's amazing hockey manager
1: character. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited for us to talk about it. Me too. <laughs> is always welcome to recommend more romance novels to us.
0: Yeah, definitely any recommendations for, I mean, this is a broad category, but I'm just going to say well-written romance novels is just sort of, that's my main threshold. It just needs to be like above a certain quality of writing and I can probably get into it. (laughs) Yeah. Or if you just
1: want to give us like any sort of feedback or just Reach out to us.
0: Yeah, if you want to tell us something about you and romance novels, feel free. Yeah. Um, You can email us at sexybookspodcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet to us at sexybookspod. Those are our two things. um, We would love to hear from you guys. Yeah. So go forth and masturbate.